0: If you are hurt, not injured, just making sure that, you know, are we doing proper mobility training before running? Do we have a proper strength training regimen to complement that run? And these are all things that I think we should probably dive into deeper on this podcast because strength training is a huge component of not only preventing injuries, but just making sure that well, really just preventing injuries and making sure that you're a lifelong resilient runner.
1: If you have ever asked yourself, how do I run a race injury-free or get out of the constant injury cycle, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Healthy Runner, where I will teach you how to enjoy lifelong injury-free running so you can continue getting in those mental clearing runs and even hitting PRs well into your 40s, 50s, and beyond. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, avid half marathoner, coach, running physical therapist, and founder of Spark Physical Therapy Healthy Runner, where we help dedicated runners get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running with the perfect online running coach, even if you have been told to stop running with an injury. Learn more about our signature coaching program at programs.sparkyourtraining.com. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or follow the show on Spotify so you don't miss the next episode. Thanks for joining me. Now, on to the show. Most runners spend an enormous amount of time not running for one reason. They keep getting injured. Now, imagine if you could have the structure of exactly what exercises, how much to run, and what you should be eating to get faster as a runner. Spark off your winter running with a four-month strong body transformation. This is one-on-one individualized healthy runner coaching to grow a stronger, injury-free body so you can run for stress relief all winter long. What will you get by the end of the 16 weeks? A strong running body so you can actually feel confident, healthy, and running faster this spring even if you don't think you're a fast runner. Oh, and did I mention, this will also take away your worry of getting injured. Spots are limited, so apply using the link in the show notes before they run away. Before we get into this episode, if you are recovering from an injury and you want to make sure you are maximizing your nutrition to become a healthy runner, you'll want to check out Heal from The Amino Company. Later on in this episode, I will tell you more about HEAL and how it can help you with your injuries and overall recovery. Or you can check out the research yourself at aminoco.com slash healthy runner. Have you been told to stop running because you have an injury? Are you wondering if you should stop running if your knees hurt? Does running help with injuries? is that possible? Welcome to episode 150 on the Healthy Runner podcast, where we help you get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running. Today, I have with me a very special guest and colleague of mine, Dr. Nicole Turnbow, who is physical therapist and owner of Body in Motion, a performance-based physical therapy office in Bloomfield, Connecticut. Uh, this has been a long time in the making, Nicole, as you know, I knew eventually I was going to get you on the show. So thank you so much for accepting my invite and coming on the show.
0: You are so welcome, Dwayne. I am excited to be here.
1: Yeah. So this is like a topic that I get really excited about. And I know you have a similar passion uh, that I do. So I'm looking forward to our conversation. Um, So running community, Nicole is really going to share her knowledge and expertise on why you don't need to stop running if you are injured. So if you've ever wondered, like, what should you do if you have pain during or after a run? This is a topic we hear often, Um, and if you've ever been in a situation where you're like running and feeling pain and wondering, is this real pain or is this normal soreness? Um, You know, if you tend to ice after every single run, um, if you're scared to go to the doctor because you don't want them to tell you to stop running. And then lastly, you could be a runner that when you start feeling an ache, you get scared. And it's usually based upon like previous experience and beliefs. And you just like shut it down for a couple days or a week and then you start running again. If any of this is you, like this is going to be the training that is going to be extremely helpful. In this episode, it's really going to be like two PTs talking shop, talking running injuries and some common problems and mistakes many runners are making on how you can overcome these stubborn injuries or this injury cycle and really advance in your running journey and continue to get in those mental clearing runs that you love so much. So Nicole, on the show, we always start out with a little dynamic warm up, of course, just like we would before our runs. Um, So can you tell the listeners, you know, where you call home and give us a little bit more backstory on how you've gotten to this point in your running journey and your career?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for kicking it off, Dwayne. So um, as Dwayne said, my physical therapy practice is in Bloomfields, Connecticut, and now we call home um, Burlington, Connecticut. But I am originally from the Boston, Massachusetts area. Um, And, you know, my running career started probably like a lot of the listeners on here during good old covid so I had an, always had an interest in running. Like it really intrigued me, but I was so bad at it, to be honest, that I just did the things that I was good at, like dance, yoga, lifting weights. But when COVID hit, all of my other passions were kind of out the window. I couldn't do any of those things. And I I loved being at the gym and I couldn't. So I started running and picking it back up. I had always run like a few miles here and there, but during COVID, I was running like five miles a day. It was the only way I could stay active. And as a physical therapist, I'm an extremely active person. Movement is medicine for me. So I started running and I ran with my husband. We got really got into it. And then we actually ran a half marathon just like on our own during COVID casually. But during this whole experience, I realized when my husband actually got injured that we were not training properly. Like as a physical therapist, I should have known better. Um, And so I helped Justin, my husband, recover from a hip labral tear that he got during this Crazy running journey we had during COVID. And we both started to get really into running. We started looking on YouTube for, you know, tips on running and all the things that new runners do. Right. And we stumbled upon a big YouTuber. His name's Nick Bear. Maybe some of you follow him or know him. And he was really inspirational for me and Justin both because he preached this. Concept called the hybrid athlete. And I love that concept because as a weightlifter, I wanted to continue lifting weights, but I also really wanted to get into running. And Nick Baer basically showed that you could be really good at both. In fact, you'll be better at both if you do both. So we continue to run and we continue to strength train. My husband probably did it a little bit better than I did because he ran. Hartford in 2021, and then Nick Bear, our influencer um, that we followed, was running the Buffalo Marathon this past May in 2022. So my husband ran that marathon with Nick, and I was so inspired by both of them. And I was in the midst of you know developing this practice, this business that. I decided, you know what, I need to practice what I preach and get back to serious training and serious running. So I signed up for the Hartford Half Marathon. And I just did that this past October. And it was by far the best experience I've ever had. And I am so grateful that my running career has come this far and that I've evolved this much. So that's kind of the little bit of the background.
1: Oh, man, I love that. And I I love that that term like the hybrid athlete, because I always say that strength training in order to run is like essential part of being a runner, right? So it kind of is the same, you know, messaging in that we need to be that hybrid athlete. Like we need to be in the gym or we need to do the strength work in order to stay healthy as runners. Um, so that I, I I definitely like that mindset and yeah, you, uh, crushed Hartford. We were able to see each other there, um, which was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. So proud of you that you, uh, did so, so great for your first half marathon. And like you went through that whole training cycle with like knowing how to train properly and not get injured along the way. And I think it really does speak to your level of strength and fitness that you had for years leading up to really taking on running, you know, these last two years, um, let's say, you know, now you're a quote unquote runner, right? It always takes us a while to actually call ourselves that. Um, but it, it really speaks to, you know, how strong that you are and that you're, you've prepared your body, you know, for actual running,
0: Yeah, I agree. I definitely like that term hybrid athlete really resonates with me. But you and I as physical therapists, we preach that quote unquote term, you know, hybrid athlete all day, every day. That's what that's our backbone of what we do as coaches, as physical therapists. And I am definitely grateful that I did so much strength training leading up to the Hartford half because I definitely do think it made me that much more resilient. You know, I had that foundation, which like you said, you know, set me up for success.
1: Yeah. So now that you've become this kind of newer runner, like many have since COVID, um, and you've now accomplished your first half marathon, I'm kind of curious to see, you know, will you be going back for seconds? Um, you know, will you be continuing to kind of go along this, uh, running journey?
0: Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, you know, now that the winter's approaching here in Connecticut, I think I'm going to just take a step back and do maybe one to two runs per week, you know, running 3 to 10 miles at most per week and definitely going to focus on that foundational strength for the for the winter months at least and then, you know, come late winter early spring think about maybe running either the half at Hartford half again or even another race next year hopefully but definitely in the realm of possibilities again because the way i felt after Hartford it's i can see how it's very addicting
1: yeah i know you get that medal right you get that like runner's high you're like wow i accomplished this like let's see if we can do it Better next time, right? Yeah, all um, about the PRs.
2: <laughs> you just <laughs> get that task. little
1: competitive spirit. Yeah. But I love how you have already, you know, started to look at training cycles and like, hey, this is winter. I'm really doubling down on strength. I will definitely be doing that as well. And I think it's right where you are in your running journey of like, you know, how much running you're doing. And then as someone progresses, so if there are listeners out there that have been doing this for five, ten years 15, 20 years, and you've been combining strengthening with running, you might not need to back off as much running because your base is already a little bit higher than like where yours is, for example, right? Like your mileage. But I love that you've already thought about this kind of training cycles and winter you're in a double down on, on strength. And yeah, this morning was actually the first time I got back to my deadlifts in the gym. Uh, it Love felt it. so good. Oh my goodness. After like the marathon. So at the time of this recording guys, uh, I am officially just outside of four weeks of the marathon. So there's like week five. So now I'm officially like not in marathon recovery. So I'm at like this transition point. And it was the first time that I actually felt like I got like a pump in the gym. I was like, ooh, this is nice. It's so nice. I can resonate with that. (laughs) Totally,
0: (laughs) Dwayne. I get it. The first time I stepped back into the gym seriously after this training cycle, it just felt so good. I'm like, oh, I missed this. Right. So they're both so great. Running and strength training are both amazing feelings and you still get that high, just in different ways.
1: Yeah. So um you know, that's a little bit about like, you know, learning about you as a, I'm going to say newer runner, if that's okay. Um, you know, these past two years, but definitely not someone who was a couch potato, right? Like you were definitely active. Um, and you know, you, you have your own clinic now and can you just share a little bit about like what made you want to start your own clinic and, um, you know, for those uh, who are listening and let's say they can't see you and can see that you are visually younger than I am, of course, uh, you know, how many years were you into your physical therapy career before you were starting to think like, hey, I think I want to maybe, you know, do this on my own?
0: So Dwayne will admit, I have always dreamed of having this physical therapy practice. Dwayne was my professor at Quinnipiac and still is a huge mentor for me. And you and I had so many talks back in the Quinnipiac days, like, we're, gonna, I'm going to do this. I want to own a practice. It's like in my blood. So I actually only practiced for three and a half years before I decided to leave the corporate physical therapy world and open my own practice. And it's been quite the wild ride in all the best ways.
1: Yeah. Why... And I do remember definitely, you know, conversations with you as a student. And um, I, I always knew back then, like, and I told you this, you know, before, but I always knew back then, like you were going to do big things in the profession and like, just to see where you are now and what you're doing. And, you know, we can get into like the content that you share on social media, which is just amazing and just so helpful for the public um, as a whole. Um, to learn about movement and learn about, you know, staying physically active. Um, But, you know, what really made you kind of say like, you know what, this corporate PT thing is just not for me. Like, I can't see myself doing this for the next 20, 30, 40 years.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'd go into work every day and have a crazy caseload. I'd be seeing anywhere between two and four patients per hour And, you know, as a performance-based athlete myself, it was really hard to have that type of caseload and not be able to give people my undivided attention, you know, that one-in-one support that a lot of people really, truly not only deserve but need. Um, It was – kind of discouraging to me too that I went to school for so many years, you know, got my doctorate degree, had all this education under my belt, and I couldn't really put my manual skills to really good true use. And I couldn't do the corrective exercises that I wanted to do with each and every person that came in the office. Um, So I was just getting burnt out, honestly, with traditional physical therapy. And, you know, if you're a listener on the podcast and you've been to physical therapy before, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. If you've been to that traditional PT office where, you know, you're surrounded by many other people and, you know, your physical therapist just gives you a piece of paper and says, go do these at home. And there's really no accountability around it. I picked up all of the flaws of that traditional model and I just wanted a better life, not only for me, but for my clients. I wanted to revolutionize healthcare and take all the flaws that I experienced in traditional healthcare and just totally, totally change it. And I feel like that's exactly what we're doing at Body in Motion. It just feels so good every day to know that we're really making a positive change. We're working with all of our clients on a one on one basis. You know, we have a digital app where we're, you know, to coaching our clients and keeping them accountable for their home exercise program. We're continuing to communicate beyond just that one, two sessions that we have per week. Um, it's just that whole holistic approach that we take to physical therapy that you really can't get a tradi- at a traditional clinic.
1: Oh my goodness. I love that term, revolutionize healthcare. Yes. And I just love, I love that you've done that um, not only for yourself, honestly, from like a professional standpoint and being able to like grow. And like you said, actually have time with patients to actually, you know, grow in your skill set and, you know, in your clinical reasoning process and like all the things that we do as skilled, right. Physical therapists that sometimes in those other settings, quite frankly, you don't have the time for, right. And you feel like you're just like a game manager and like, just Kind of like you do these exercises, you do those exercises. Hey, you get off the pulleys. Come on over here, hop on the table. I'm going to move your shoulder around. Right. Like, you, you know, you turn into like just these, these random, um, I guess, treatments or interventions that we, that we do as physical therapists. So I love that you've taken that ownership and, and was like, hey, you know what? Like, I'm going to continue to advance in this model, but then also, right. Like, you're, Athletes like deserve so much more, right? And they just they deserve more. And I just love that you've taken that step. And honestly, you know, so so early in your career, which is amazing. And I just love that because, as you know, my story, like it took me a lot longer, um, pretty much 15 years uh into my career to finally make that leap and jump. But you know, nowadays it's so much easier with technology and to like you said, you know, help people all over the world um, virtually um, is pretty is pretty amazing, and I, I love the accountability piece because that is key. Like I found that myself is just that support and accountability that you normally would not have, right, with your traditional physical therapist, where you see them either once a week or you go in twice a week, and or like you go in and see a different therapist every single time you go in, which I've never understood that model, but right, like how is there Accountability. How are you continuing along, kind of the the goals, right? That you need for that um, individual. So I love that that you've kind of brought all of those elements into how you help patients at uh, Body in Motion.
0: Yeah. I mean, and to your point, I do think it is easier for me, you know, 15 years that it took you. I think it's definitely a lot easier for me because I was able to grow on social media and I was able to find a digital app to utilize at my practice. Like these types of things weren't as readily available or as easy to help you grow your business back in 15 years ago, right? Like as it is today, you know, it's so easy to create content. Well, maybe not so easy, but it's easier to. To create content now and be able to acquire clients from all over the world, and have this digital app where I can communicate with clients and keep them accountable, and have all my videos uploaded there. So, you know, there is definitely something to be said about that, and just making it easier to run this hybrid practice that I run.
1: Yeah, I just, I just love it, and I'm super proud of you uh, from being a former professor and it just makes me like so happy of seeing your growth and you know where you are at this stage but um, I will get off of my like feeling proud professor soapbox right now and you know I'm sure many of the people who tuned into this um, hopefully got to appreciate some of your backstory where you come from from you know a PT standpoint how you work with clients you know yourself um, you know coming along this running journey. So for all of the runners that you've helped throughout your PT career, um, you know, let's get into this whole like running injury topic. And, you know, one of the, you know, most common questions we get, and even like people would DM me on Instagram, right? It's like, should I stop running if I have an injury? Um, so what, what do you say to that Dr. Nicole?
0: Yeah. So, you know, literally the question is, you know, can I can I run with an injury? And of course, you can run with an injury, right? We saw it yesterday during the New York Marathon, right? Like one of my best friends ran with her Big toe fractured. So, you know, of course you can run with an injury. Um, One thing that I learned as a physical therapist that treats primarily runners is you never tell a runner that they can't run. So, you know, should you run with an injury? Maybe is a different question, but I would say there is very few and far between where you cannot run with an injury. Um, And I think it's just important to understand that, you know, everything can be progressed and everything can be regressed so even if you're injured even if you're not feeling you're 100% something could always be better than nothing and i just think that working with a physical therapist or to modify what you're doing or to add some strength training to complement what you're doing um, can make all the difference when it comes to running with an injury so you know the long story short of it is If you take anything from this podcast, because I'm sure Dwayne and I are going to talk about a lot about this topic, but yes, you know, you can run while injured. Absolutely.
1: All right. So the most common, you know spot or the most common location of pain that's been kind of reported in the literature. And, you know, a lot of people start to get this. And I actually just uh, met with a client of mine who literally since she started running during the pandemic 2020, um, it's so funny, right? When people are like, oh, how long have you been running? Everyone says 2020. It's like, oh, I know. Like, you'll never forget 2020, right? Pandemic pandemic, runners. And yeah, the year that people started running. Um, You know, should you stop if your knees hurt?
0: No, you should not stop if your knees hurt. The knees, like you said, are probably the most common area of pain. Now, there's a lot of different things that could be going on, right? If your knees hurt with when running, are you having like a maybe a little bit of a meniscal tear? You know, are you getting that clicking in your knee? Um, is there some arthritis going on there? And are you or are you having pain free clicking? Um, you know, are you having some lateral outside knee pain? Kind of de- it depends on Where is your knee pain? But the majority of the knee injuries that I see that are running related do not require you to stop running. Uh, I think the biggest take, two big things that I want to bring up is it's really important to ask yourself, am I hurt or am I injured? And I think you alluded to this earlier in the podcast, Wayne, but you know, as a runner, you're gonna be sore a lot of the times. This is not, you know, a a uh, smooth sailing journey that we're on here as runners. There's going to be times where you're very hurt, but there may other be other times when you're legitimately injured. And I think it's important to ask yourself, you know, am I hurt or am I injured? Does movement make me actually feel better? Can I kind of relieve some of this soreness, this sensation that I'm feeling by moving my body or is movement making this pain worse? And if it's the latter, if movement's making the pain worse, definitely seeking out skilled physical therapy or you know going to a doctor of some sort could be a good solution for you. But most of the time, you're going to be able to still run despite your knees hurting. Um, I think it's just important to ask yourself, am I hurt or am I injured? And then to complement that, if you are hurt, not injured just making sure that, you know, are we doing proper mobility training before running? Do we have a proper strength training regimen to complement that run? And these are all things that I think we should probably dive into deeper on this podcast because strength training is a huge component of not only preventing injuries, but just making sure that well, really just preventing injuries and making sure that you're a lifelong resilient runner.
1: We all know one of the most frustrating parts about running is suffering an injury and bouncing back from that injury. We all know how important it is to get a proper diagnosis, properly load the tissue with specific strengthening exercises, incorporate mobility, and strengthen your surrounding run-specific muscles if you have listened to any of the running injury episodes on this podcast an often neglected aspect of injury recovery and becoming a lifelong injury free healthy runner is the nutritional component for injuries to properly heal and allow your body to recover faster. You must supply your body with the nutrients it needs to accelerate muscle repair. And that is what the amino company's product heal does better than any other product. I have seen on the market as a physical therapist who works with a lot of runners struggling with recurring injuries. HEAL is designed to reduce recovery times and improve physical function after injuries by accelerating muscle repair while helping maintain a healthy inflammatory response. In fact, a recent clinical trial compared HEAL with high-quality whey protein. The net balance between whole-body protein synthesis and breakdown was measured, And the response was that HEAL was found to be at least three times larger than that of whey protein on a gram-for-gram basis. HEAL was shown to both reduce muscle protein breakdown and increase muscle protein synthesis. So let's break down the results of this clinical trial in a way we can understand. Participants basically had less muscle breakdown and faster muscle repair using HEAL. If you're looking for a nutritional advantage while recovering from that stubborn IT band syndrome, Achilles, hamstring, or posterior tibial tendonitis, or even recovering from your daily training if you are healthy, I highly recommend you give HEAL a try. I recommend it to all my athletes coming back from injury or those that are struggling to recover after hard workouts that I put on their running calendar. We even have a special offer for you where you can save thirty percent off by using the code HealthyRunner. Just head to aminoco.com slash healthy runner. That's aminoc com slash healthy runner and use the code HealthyRunner at checkout to save thirty percent. Yeah, well, Oh, man, So, so much good there, I guess. Yeah, I definitely want to, you know, get your thoughts on strength training, because that is certainly important. And just to kind of piggyback off of what you said with, you know, the knee injuries that, you know, the most common, you know, knee injury that runners will get is what we call runner's knee or patellofemoral pain syndrome. And, you know, there, it, it is really hard <laughs> to uh, make this like really worse, with running um, and or really make this something that is going to be a long-term problem. And oftentimes the solutions are exactly what you just mentioned there in terms of strengthening certain muscles. Um, In the rare case, sometimes it is some flexibility issues, perhaps with the quads, definitely not your hamstrings, people. Um, so if you have tight hamstrings, don't worry. It's not causing your runner's knee. I just had to tell my client that today because um, she did think it was. And look at that, going back to our original capstone project, hamstrings, it right? Totally. <laughs> it's all coming full circle. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, the knee injuries and even just thinking about, because I know so many runners fear this, like when they feel this knee pain and they just like, oh my goodness, I'm having knee pain. You know what? Let's take a couple of days off and then go back to running. Or, Let me take a week off and then try it again. And that actually like makes the process worse and makes the condition worse because now we've like shut things down, didn't allow the body to adapt to the demands of running. And, you know, I just had, you mentioned New York City Marathon. I just had a client who ran the New York City Marathon with like, not only like some mild arthritis in her knee, like we're talking like max arthritis, right? That's like amazing. we're talking like <laughs> it's swelled up definitely during the training and, you know, whether or not, you know, I would wholeheartedly recommend she run a marathon, but it was something that was a huge goal for her. She ran it for special cause that was near and dear to her heart, right? Like she had this on her calendar, on her schedule for like a year and a half because of how it got delayed with COVID and everything. So like she was running this thing. Right. So it was my job to like make sure she got to the start line, you know, and able to run and not have her knee like, you know, totally blow up and swell up. And like she ran 26.2 miles with a like really degenerative knee. Right. And I've had other clients with like mild and moderate arthritis who, you know, definitely run marathons and half marathons. So like if you are the middle aged or the younger 20, 30 year old runner who's having some like kneecap pain, like you're not going to do any long-term damage. And even like you had mentioned meniscal tears, and now the research, everything says like, even if you have meniscal tear, like surgery is actually not the best option for you. There are certain circumstances at certain parts of the knee that it may be recommended, especially if you're younger in your 20s and 30s. But for us middle-aged folks in my category, the 40-year-olds, right? 40 or 50-year-olds, like most likely we're not getting surgery anyway for torn meniscus um, and usually running will not make that worse. Um, So just to kind of double down on some of the knee stuff that you had talked about, because I know that's like a common, it's a common worry for many runners. And I'm always, you know, definitely having to educate on, on that. So if you are a runner listening and you are worried about those knees, um, listen to Dr. Nicole. Um, She's going to share some tips here. So yeah. So why, let's talk about that strengthening, um, you know, concept and why is strengthening so important if we are having an injury? Like, wouldn't that just make my injury worse?
0: Yeah. So, you know, people ask that all the time. And I think it's so important that we we have the right perception of what strength training really means, right? So I guess there there's this underlying thought that oh, if I strength train, I must be you know deadlifting three hundred pounds. I must be a power lifter, and that's not necessarily what strength training is all about. You know, I think the key is that strength training has to complement what your sport is. So if we're talking about you being a runner versus you being a basketball athlete, that strength training that the runner does versus the basketball athlete might look a little bit different, right? So you know, as a runner, it doesn't mean that you're deadlifting your max weight. It doesn't mean that you're squatting every single day. It just means that we're adding in complementary movement patterns to your runs. So you know, let's take the runner who's running five days a week. If you think about running where it's it's all forward, right? It's all in that forward plane. You're just going straight. We don't, we don't really think about those lateral movements a whole heck of a lot. And as a runner, like Dwayne said, you know, a lot of the pain that we see in the literature and anecdotally is in your knees. So loading The patella tendon is researched to be one of the best ways that you can strengthen. That could be something as simple as doing, you know, heels elevated squats, body weight even. It could be as simple as doing a reverse Nordic hamstring curl. It doesn't mean you have to be squatting your max weight. Additionally, when we talk about strength training for runners, we really want to focus on the glute strength, and research shows that to strengthen your glutes, one of the best exercises is to do a step-up. So it doesn't mean, again, that you're squatting max weight. You could be holding a 10, 20-pound weight kettlebell, and you could be doing these step-ups with your torso leaning forward to maximally isolate your glutes. So I just think that when it comes to strength training, it's important to recognize that you don't have to be the next bodybuilder. You don't have to strength train and be a power lifter. You just have to do weighted exercises, whether that be body weight, resistance, or some sort of loaded exercise to focus on exercises that are going to complement what you're doing for your sport, which in this case is running.
1: Yeah. And just, you had mentioned the glutes being important. Why Why is that important um, for runners?
0: Well, if you think about running, again, like you're running in the forward plane. So you're not really doing, especially we're talking about the gluteus medius muscle, which is a, a primary external rotator and abductor. And that's not necessarily a movement pattern. Like you're not you know, bringing your leg to the side or you're not externally rotating, meaning like rotating your hip outward as a runner. So it's not often a muscle that is over going to be overly strong in a running movement pattern, like in a walking or running movement pattern. So to strengthen it is only going to help your gait pattern, your running pattern, because running alone isn't going to keep that gluteus medius muscle as strong as we want it to be. And research shows, again, going back to the research that having a strong gluteus medius muscle is going to help with the almighty knee pain that so many people have. You know, when you have runner's knee, not only is it about loading your quad, but it's also about strengthening your glute because we know that so much of knee pain has to do with the strength in your gluteus medius muscle.
1: Yeah, I love it. Uh, Thank you for clarifying that. And I do find that, you know, once we start strengthening that muscle, that the running form actually improves so much. And like, you know, we analyze this on our, you know, our client like Geet videos, right. And we're looking at their hip level. And usually we're finding that hip is dropping on the opposite side of the leg that they're standing on when they're running and just, you know, learning and teaching someone how to tap into that muscle. And so many runners just don't know like they should have been using it, right? Uh, they just absolutely never knew. Um, and like you said, it's not a traditional type of muscle or exercise that is even in like a standard boot camp class, right? Or or even like some of the CrossFit classes, right? Like sometimes you don't really focus on that muscle at all and as runners, we're always on one leg every single time we're running. Um there's never a time we're on two. So it's just that much important and thank you for highlighting why because I know you mentioned, you know, the glutes are important in strengthening, but, you know, sharing, you know, why that is so important. Um, yeah. So you kind of talked about running uh, knee injuries and how we usually don't need to stop running for those. Um, but what injuries should you know, we stop running or if you had an injury, like you were just still worried and you're totally not sold yet on what Dr. Nicole and I have been talking about. And you're like, but wait, like, shouldn't I be really careful? Are there certain injuries that we should actually stop running?
0: You know, it's hard to pinpoint a specific injury where you, you know, it's a point blank. Do not run. I, you know, I don't really like to say, "Oh, if you have this, don't run," because that just goes back to that fear mongering behavior. I don't think it's appropriate to say, "Well, if you have runner's knee, you need to stop running," or "If you have Achilles tendinopathy, you have to stop running," or "If you have a fifth metatarsal fracture, you need to stop running." I think it's more fair to ask yourself, okay, going back to that thing, am I hurt or am I injured? Okay. If you answer that question, you say, you know, this sensation that I'm feeling is way more than an achy discomfort. This sensation is now really limiting my run to the point where maybe your form is compromised to the point where, you know, you can't, you can't run at your pace that you want. You can't even run Um, and you're in your pain threshold, you know, it gets to be more of that moderate to severe amount of pain. That's probably your body saying, hey, you know, something's going on. This is not something that you should run through. Instead, something should be modified here. Either modify your pace, modify the distance that you're running or change something about how you're running or add a dynamic warm up or again add some strength components to what you're doing so that you can can continue to run without taking some time off i think is a better way to think about it versus saying if you have x y or z injury or diagnosis don't run because there's a lot of instances where you know you can have let's say achilles tendonopathy and you can totally run on that. You could run miles upon miles on that. But then there could be another instance where that Achilles tenopathy is way more than a moderate level of pain to the point where you're limping and you're you're really suffering that is it really worth running on? I'm not sure. You know, that's where the runner's judgment might come into play or where you may just need to seek out a physical therapist or an orthopedist to get some greater clarity. So I don't think that there is a specific diagnosis where you should not run. I mean, obviously, if you've torn your quad or, you know, you have a full (laughs) muscle tear and, you know, you've just had surgery, that's a whole other story. But, you know, when we're just talking about generalized diagnoses like the runner's knee, Achilles things, even labral tears. It's kind of a gray area, to be honest with you, Dwayne.
1: Yeah, no, I I, thank you for highlighting that. And there's so much um, that I agree with in that statement as far as, you know, most of the diagnoses, we can't just go on the diagnoses, right? And I, I guess really what we're getting at the crux at here is that what Nicole is talking about, and for those that have heard previous episodes, um, you guys kind of know my thoughts on, on this topic, um, but it's always good to hear like someone else's thoughts is, you know, probably the majority of you, um, you know, I don't know what the percentage is, but especially if you live in a probably a higher population center, you're going to be able to find a PT like Nicole, like myself, right, that are going to really critically analyze this injury. We'll put that in air quotes um, and see, you know, do we actually need to stop running or can we just modify what this runner is doing and still actually heal from this incident, this injury, this And a lot of the things that we had talked about that Nicole mentioned, like the Achilles tendon or the runners, all of these are kind of more overuse type injuries that really relates to load. And we can kind of get into that conversation. But um, as opposed to the, let's call them red flag, um, you know, injuries. And, you know, I think we'd be remiss to not mention that, like you said, if you have severe pain and you like literally can't run and you're in a nine out of 10 pain, um, then yeah, you definitely need to get checked out by a medical professional. Again, I would highly recommend you seek one out that is familiar with working with runners, either is a runner themselves or really works with a lot of runners because they will be able to differentiate between Right Like, is this something that really needs to be shut down? because I think going back to your statement that you mentioned before is that as runners, like we don't want to be told to stop running, and i I do come into contact with a lot of people who reach out that basically tell me like I'm not going to get it checked out because I know they're just going to tell me to stop running um, so I think it if it's severe pain, um, then yes, we need to get this checked out to make sure that it's not something that yeah, you're probably not going to be doing yourself any good from a healing standpoint if you're at a nine out of 10 pain, right? And you're in this like acute level pain. You had mentioned Achilles before, I would say 80 to 90 to 95%. You know, in my audience, my community, I would say probably 95% are going to have that more chronic-y overuse Achilles pain, but hey, you could be a... (laughs) high school or a collegiate, you know, uh, track athlete or cross country athlete, and you just got this sudden onset of Achilles pain, and now it's really irritable, you're in a lot of pain, and they're swelling, then yeah, running is not going to help you, right, in that case. So kind of giving some of that context is, I think, key. So severe pain, you know, the other ones I think about, Nicole, are really like, is it a stress fracture, right? And is this that sharp pain, Um, that's been kind of building up and it is really just related to loading. And it's like when you don't load them and, you know, maybe even walking might start to be painful now, but it started just with running and then now it's walking. And if you have them, you know, do other movements like a a squat or a lunge or getting up from a chair doesn't hurt, but then you have them hop on one leg and it's like localized sharp pain in that area then i'm like okay let's get this checked out right like let's you know see if this is possibly like a bone stress injury and yeah if we do keep running with the bone stress injury it's just going to progress that being said i've known many runners who have had some of these bone stress stuff in their foot and they are able to actually modify things and offload that area and still run not that i'm saying i i recommend that but I've heard uh, stories of that. Um, And then the other one I think about too, Nicole is like, you know, severe like nerve E injuries, right? Like, you know, something that's like burning, you know, type pain and like numbness and tingling. And it's not common in the running, you know, community, but I feel like, you know, we'd, probably do our due diligence to be like, Hey, if there's like an active nerve compression going on and, or someone has really degenerative spine and they have this, you know, acute onset of sciatica and it's like zinging down their leg, every step they take, um, because of the compression that's happening in their spine, you know, those are the things where it's like, all right, we got to maybe, you know, not run for a little bit, definitely get some treatment. And then gradually work into that not to say like you can never run again but you know those are like the instances i've come into contact with i don't know is there any other ones that you've come into contact with where you're like you know what i actually i rarely say this to someone but you know what i really do think we need to take a little break whether it's a couple days whether it's a week. You know, obviously, if it is something that someone gets imaging on and it is a bone, you know, stress fracture, then a lot of times they're going to put you in a boot. Um, So then now we're talking like four, six, eight weeks, depending upon um, the physician. Um, Any others that I missed that you would say?
0: No, I I, you know, I think you brought up really good ideas there. And one thing I want to also say to the listeners on that topic and to piggyback on what you just said is. A lot of times, you know, people want to self-diagnose themselves, right? And one, I definitely highly suggest going to see a physical therapist. Most states, by the way, you can, we have direct access, which means you can go straight into a physical therapist office without seeing your physician first. Um, But, you know, if you are that type of person that's like so, like I'm going to self-diagnose myself and figure out if I can run, I think it just goes down back to the fact of, Does movement make this worse? And, you know, if you have a stress fracture, walking is going to be pretty painful. Movement's going to make it worse, versus, you know, if you have, um, oh, I don't know, if you have, you know, even a a low grade muscle tear, sometimes movement actually running is going to make it better because you're going to be contracting that muscle and you're going to be bringing blood flow to that muscle. And what do we need to heal? We need blood to heal. So, movement, purposeful movement can actually make it better. So I think back to Dwayne's red flags, a red flag you can think of, okay, if I'm moving and it's getting worse, it's probably a sign that I need to not self-diagnose anymore. I actually need to go in and get some treatment. So that's a really simple way that you can think about it at home as, is this really severe? Should I really stop running? Like does simple movement, do simple movements make this painful, yes, okay, then I need to stop running and seek out medical care.
1: Yeah, no, great point. And I guess let's take it to the next step, right? Because yeah, we're definitely going to advocate that we get, you know, examined by a professional, right? And get some treatment as you mentioned. Um, so we covered kind of those instances where, yeah, we we're gonna probably recommend not running, but is it okay to run with an injury? Let's say we don't have those, right? Those kind of red flag-ish type of things. Um, You mentioned blood flow. So I kind of like that. So I'm thinking like, oh yeah, that makes sense, right? If we're running, we're actually increasing blood flow to the area and even for some joint problems, we actually feel better with movement, right? For someone who has like mild hip arthritis or mild knee arthritis or a stiff ankle, right? They're probably going to feel, you know, better with some movement. And even like you use the Achilles example. Um, I know myself having had that as a middle-aged runner, um, it is like the first couple of steps you start feeling it. But then I, if I even just, if I do this, Nicole, like the middle of my run, I just stop and I do some, gentle isometrics, like on my toes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, get like some movement in the tendon, get some blood flow, like isolate kind of my Achilles and my calf muscles in kind of turning on, then it's like literally 20 or 30 seconds. And then I'll just start running and I'm like, Oh, it's gone. Okay, cool. Like it's, it's just amazing. Like how that happens. Um, so is that, you know, one of the reasons why you would say it would be like, okay, to run with an injury, if we've kind of gotten it checked out to make sure it's not something that like, hey, we need to, yeah, shut it down for a little bit, which is very rare, by the way. And the blood flow kind of rationale, or is there any others that you would say,
0: Yeah, so a couple things on that topic. You know, I always tell my clients. I have this slogan, this mantra, and I always tell people, "Let's train around pain, not through pain, and not avoiding pain." It's like my mantra. If you've ever been to Body in Motion, you know I say that. I love it. Thanks. And um, you know, to your point too, like with Achilles stuff. You know, if you just stop in the middle of your run and just do some heel raises, that's going to feel really good, right? Because you're loading the tendon to some degree. Uh, if you have a joint issue uh, or if you feel like, you know, you're, arthrit- you're arthritic in nature or your joints are so stiff, doing things called CARS, controlled articular rotations are going to feel so good for you before you hop into that run. So if it's your hips, just doing these hip circles just to lubricate and, and get that joint moving before you run or even in the middle of your run, like you mentioned, Dwayne. Or if it's your ankles always feeling stiff, you know, you your mobility isn't great there, doing these cars, those these ankle circles before you get into running is going to feel so good. But if it's a more muscular issue, right? If your muscle is tight or your muscle is weak, or if your muscles just aren't getting great blood flow for some sort of reason actually using those muscles is going to help more than anything so like you had mentioned isometrics let's say it's your let's say it's your hip right? So doing an isometric, just pushing that hip into the wall, I call it an isometric wall lean. So pushing that hip into the wall before you get running. Or if it's your glutes that have trouble firing, right? Sometimes people call it glute amnesia. Maybe you just do some butt squeezes before you get into running. If it's your quad, maybe you just squeeze your quad or even do some leg lifts before you start running. We need blood flow to heal. It is such an important topic when it comes to recovery and healing. So I definitely think that whether it be a joint problem or a muscle problem, noticing, okay, yep, it's the joints. That's what's stiff. Okay, I'm going to like just do some mobility for these joints. Or, yep, nope, it's my muscles that are really sore. I'm going to do some dynamic mobility before I get to running. So just noticing what, where is the issue? Is it a joint issue or is it a muscle issue? And then really addressing that before and or during the run so that you can continue to run with very minimal to no pain is going to be essential.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if you remember uh, way back when when I shared with you as a student kind of my story of my hip surgery. Oh um, yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah, you, that you know your husband had the labral tear. Yeah, and yeah, so I got a stiff hip, and you know when my hip is, I'm starting to feel like a little of that pinching in the front of my hip. I'm getting down on the floor. I'm doing my hip mobility. I'm doing my hip circles. I'm making sure that I'm activating my glute you know, after that mobility before my runs. Um, so it is so important and, you know, beyond the, the physical things kind of getting to like, you know, does running actually help with injuries? I thought you brought in some great, um, points there about, you know, muscle activation, um, blood flow and movement. Um, but I also see that, you know, for many runners, where this is our sport as adults right most of us probably played a sport right in our in our teens and most of us are probably not playing a sport in our 40s i'm going to go 30s 40s 50s right and a lot of runners tell me like i ask them this question every time we start working together cuz i want to know what is their why right? Because it's so important when we're working together, if they have a goal of running their first half marathon, or they want to, you know, get a PR in a marathon, like they got to have a strong why. And so many runners tell me, you know, the mental benefits of running, the, the mind clearing benefits, the stress reduction, it helps them manage stress. Some busy moms, it's like, it's my only time alone, (laughs) right? It's my time. And it's my time I could just clear my head. And I think, you know, just having the idea of going to a medical practitioner and they diagnosed you with any of the conditions you mentioned, let's throw in IT band, because I don't think we said it today. Um, IT band syndrome. And they're like, you have IT band syndrome. Okay. They, they diagnosed you, and yes, it is IT band. And then to just go to that next step and say, like, well, you got it running. So we need to stop running until this heals. And then you can go back to running. Like I, I do think that is such a disservice, not only from a tissue healing standpoint, which we've kind of talked about uh, so far, but even the mental aspect. And when you take someone who this is their form of exercise, that they get that stress relief that makes them go, right? And and is more productive as a, you know, busy working mom or running their company, right. Or being an entrepreneur or whatever, being a leader in their organization, like running is the thing, right. That, that gives them the, so they can do what they love and to just take that away from someone. Um, and I know you work with a lot of active adults and athletes, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Like I find that just so detrimental to the process of trying to actually promote recovery.
0: Yeah. It is one of my biggest pet peeves when a runner comes to me basically just drop because another medical provider told them that they can't run. Um, when that is, like you said, their stress relief, that is their mental clarity. Another mantra that I have at my office is I always tell people some movement is better than no movement at all. And if if it means you know you're going out for fun every day because that's all you can fit in and you only have 30 minutes and that and that's that's your choice of exercise you go like you go do that i i am a huge believer in movement being medicine and i cannot stand People putting down movement and saying not to move when that is the very thing that makes you feel good. So, you know, to your point, I 100% agree that if it's what you love, we should find a way to keep you doing what you love. Um, at Body Emotion, that's what we do. You know, we we treat performance based athletes and we get them back to doing what they love as soon as possible. Um, I even get people that come to me and they're like. I stopped running. I haven't run in 2 weeks because my orthopedist told me not to run. I don't know what to do with myself. I'm like, "Let's go out for a run. You and I together. I have my running sneakers on. Let's go. We're running." And I proved to them that it's possible. Like we can still do this and there was no point in stopping running. I mean, obviously hindsight's 2020 if they stopped running, but there's no point in stopping when everything can be modified. Everything. Um so I just think it's really important to find a great medical provider that you really vibe with and that you really feel supports you and your goals. One thing I'll say to that point is we know that physical exercise is a stressor on the body. You know, so many of my clients will tell me they do run, they do XY and Z exercises as a stress reliever, but physical activity is a physical stressor on the body. So You know, playing devil's advocate, yes, exercise is a physical stressor on the body, but it's also a mental relieving stress on the body. So, finding that balance is also really important because we know that when we're dealing with injuries, mitigating stress, whether it be, you know, making sure we're sleeping good, making sure that we're eating enough, making sure that we're not overloading our tendons and our body with too much stress, is also important. So, I think just one thing we do really well at our practice is making sure that we find that balance. So we allow our clients to get back to doing the things that they love while not overstressing during an injury.
1: Yeah. So there's a difference between like good stress, appropriate stress, and bad stresses, right, to tissues and, and getting over injuries. Um, I love that that you mentioned that. And so kind of coming down our, our final stretch here, Nicole, you know, this is the last question that uh, we ask all guests is really, and today's topic is really running injuries. Um, if you can change one thing about the misconception of running injuries, what would that be?
0: Oh, definitely the rice method. I think rice is so outdated. In fact, we all know now (laughs) it's so outdated. Um, And I think it's a huge misconception. Like, oh, I got injured during my run today. I'm going to go home and ice it immediately and compress it and elevate it and not do any movement because it hurts. Wrong. Wrong. It's a huge misconception. In fact, The new acronym that has come out is peace and love. So peace and love, it stands for protect, elevate, avoid anti-inflammatories, compression, and educate. That's peace. And then love is load, optimism, vascularization, and exercise. So quite literally the opposite of rice, which is a huge misconception.
1: Oh, that's a great one. I haven't gotten that yet on the show. Um, and for those of you, um, who listened to my Achilles specific episode, um, I don't have the number off top of my head, but I did introduce them to the peace in love acronym. That was probably like over a year ago now, um, of that episode, but yeah, no, thank you for bringing that up and, and not doing the old, uh, rest ice compression elevation. Um, so I love it. Nicole, like, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of runners out there who really resonated with your message. Um, You know, how can more of our healthy runner community connect with you, Um, whether or not, you know, they have a running specific injury or they're here locally in Connecticut? Can you just talk about like what you do from, you know, an in-person standpoint, virtual standpoint, and how could we connect with you?
0: Absolutely. So one of the best ways to Kind of check out what we do here at Body in Motion is right on Instagram. We can be found at Body in Motion PT on Instagram. We have a ton of free content that ranges from, you know, injury relief to, Um, you know, how to prep for races and how to feel better about yourself. We talk all about health and wellness over at Body Emotion PT. Um, My website is bodyemotionpt.com. And we work with people all over the U.S. into Canada. And now we have a client even from London now, which is super amazing. We work with clients remotely. So if you have had an injury in the past or you're recovering from an injury, but you really want to just level up your training, you want a strength training specific workout program that's individualized to you where you'll get you know 24-7 access to me as your physical therapist and wellness coach. We do have that program at Body in Motion. And then if you are local um, to Connecticut, our office, like we mentioned before, is in Bloomfield, Connecticut. And we serve the Farm Valley and beyond. And we have every visit one-on-one and have access to our digital app for customized workout program for your home exercise program. So that's a little bit about us and where we're at. And we would love to connect with you. If you have any running related questions about your injuries, hit me up on Instagram, email me and get in touch.
1: Yeah, no, you make some uh, fun content. I always love watching your reels. Uh, they are very fun and very educational, I might add. And yeah, did you ever think, like, when we were talking, what, like, probably five or six years ago, you know, in in class, that we would be like actually, you know, working with clients in London? And yeah, it's been it's been a wild journey since uh, COVID, and it's pretty neat though how you know we can impact. You know, people all over the globe uh, nowadays.
0: It's pretty amazing. I never would have thought it. But again, you know, social media has its perks. And COVID, although it was an awful few years, it did lead to. The growth of being able to reach out to people all over the US. And, you know, that's how you have the ability to find such great running coaches like yourself and great physical therapists like myself, where you don't have to be siloed to just the providers in your local area. There's a whole breadth of knowledge out there, and you have access to it right at your fingertips, which is awesome.
1: Oh my goodness, I love it. I love it. I don't know if you remember, but we always just talk about lecture, like expand your breadth of knowledge. And, you know, we had talked about podcasts back then, which was so weird, right? That, like, we are on. My podcast now, and that was before I had a podcast. And you and I used to be like, "Oh, who do you listen to for podcast?" And we, were, you as a student, were like so into podcasts. I was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" I thought this was like only like you know adult stuff, but yeah. you as a as a college student were into podcasts. So that oh my was god, awesome. I
0: listen to podcasts <laughs> all the time. I'm a podcast <laughs> listener big time myself. So it's how I get so much knowledge in my brain.
1: Exactly. Right. Lifelong learning. Yes. What it's yes. all about. I love it. Um, yeah, this has been like super awesome for me, honestly, to have you on the show as, and just, you know, seeing where you've gone from, you know, new grad PT to growing as a clinician to you know opening your own business that is you know widely successful and you know just seeing the content that you put out there for the public um, I think it, it really embodies everything that we want to see as these change agents right as PTs heading out into the field. Um, so this has been super special for me to be able to interview you, um, on my show and see, you know, things come, kind of come full circle here. Um, and, you know, thank you for sharing like all the valuable insight into running injuries And I hope, you know, the listeners, you guys really, uh, you know, took, took some, uh, you know, points home and hopefully it wasn't new information for you, but it's always good to hear it again and be reminded of it. Um, especially, you know, on the, uh, podcast here, we haven't had an injury episode in a while. I, I do have, I do have some planned for you though, coming up. I haven't done like a specific injury one, Nicole, in like probably six months I would say. Um, I think posterior tib was like the last one, but, um, yeah, we got some stuff, uh, in the bank and we've been having a lot of marathon specific content during marathon season. So it's good to kind of get another PT's insight into running injuries and how we should approach them. And I love your approach of just kind of movement is medicine. And I love your name of your company, like body in motion, because if your body body is in motion, then you're probably going to prevent you know, a lot of the injuries, you know, going forward and a body in motion can help heal a lot of these injuries as well. Right. <laughs> we got to start some new marketing slogans for your business. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, Dwayne. Thank you no, for being my is, business mentor. <laughs> <laughs> this has been awesome. Uh, thanks again, Nicole, for coming on the show. I, I appreciate it.
0: It's my absolute pleasure, Dwayne. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Yeah. And thank you to the listener for you guys listening during your run. Hopefully you're out there crushing your run. If you're listening on the podcast or if you're watching the video version on our Spark Healthy Runner YouTube channel, I appreciate you guys. Um, And if you, if you learned anything or you liked anything here, hit that like button. Like, you know just help this content get in front of more runners eyes uh, make sure you guys go ahead and follow nicole's awesome instagram account body uh, in motion pt and as always runners let's maintain a strong mind a strong body and just keep running until next time
2: hello healthy runners my name is courtney white i'm from wichita kansas i'm married i'm 41 and i'm the mom of two girls Duane had reached out to me and just asked if I would share a little bit about what my experience has been like thus far within the Healthy Runner coaching program. So I've been a part of the program since April of this year and been working with Coach Kat. And she's been phenomenal. So a big shout out to her. If I'm like many of you guys, I am an adult onset runner. I did not grow up running. And so I began this running journey within my late 30s while trying to do so having three consecutive surgeries within the last three and a half years. Two of them were bunionectomies, so wanted to correct that, and then one of them was an aroma that most likely developed because I was wearing two tight-fitting shoes at the time. I was overtraining and not paying enough attention to things like recovery, strength training, and my nutrition. And so, what uh, I did was I did what most of us do is we just go online. I went on the internet. I found a plan. I was like, this is what you do when you run. You run and you just do it. And I didn't have any idea about how to tailor that plan to where I was within my healing journey for my feet. And so unfortunately, that led to more pain and more inflammation in my feet. And I developed metatarsalgia within the ball of my left foot. And if you've ever had that or struggled with that or been diagnosed with that, you know, it's kind of nebulous. Uh, people say you have it. Well, it's just inflammation within your foot. And um, what I was told to do to fix it was just go to PT and stretch your calf and stretch your calf. And man, you have tight calves. And I'm like, I don't know what else to do. And so um, I consulted with PT after PT provider after provider. And finally, I had one podiatrist look at me and say, Listen, there's only one way to correct your foot. And that's to have surgery. And for me, the thought of having another one after having had three, and knowing what it had been like to start running, stop running, have an injury, have pain, I just felt sick to my stomach having to think about going through one additional surgery that may or may not fix the problem. And so I was told that's the only way when you're told something like that. If you're anything like me, you go, "Mm, I don't think so. There's got to be another way. I just haven't found it yet. But I was just in more frustration because I was just not finding the answers and nothing I was doing was working. And so I came across Dwayne's podcast. I don't know how I found it, but I did. And I felt like this guy from Connecticut who was passionate about running, was reading my mail, and he was speaking directly to the pain points that I was having, but he was also inspiring me with hope and teaching me things that I had never heard before. And so I reached out to him. I was like, what do I have to lose? I am in pain as it is, and I just can't get out of this injury cycle, and it's frustrating, and I'm becoming depressed and more of a shell of myself. And so the first time I reached out to him, he and I decided that it was probably a little too premature uh, within my recovery journey to be able to commit to what the coaching program would involve. But fast forward six months from the end of 2021 to April of this year, I reached out to Duane again and I, I said, Listen, I've got some things in place and I, I want to do this. And so, he and I decided that uh, it would be beneficial for me to be able to commit to the Restore program and to do it, and I just can't be more thankful for what Dwayne and from what Coach Cat told me. Um, I was told surgery is the only way to fix your foot. I heard from them. There's other ways, and there are plenty of other runners out there, Courtney, that are doing what you do every day, and they're doing it well, and they're running with these types of f- these issues in their feet without surgery. And so, I was like, what do I have to lose? So, I joined the community. Um, I've been working with Coach Kat intentionally and consistently. And I'm proud to say that today, four months into this, while I am uh, slowly learning how to build my mileage back, I am running mostly pain-free. I haven't developed any additional foot injuries. And I have seen over the last four months that my feet can tolerate more of a load than they ever have. Some of the imbalances that I had had that were long standing for me are, uh, starting to balance themselves out, uh, by me doing the work. And, um, I'm looking forward to what may be next things that I've never done related to running that because of pain, I would have been unable to do. Um, and I guess more importantly, I've been doing this and I haven't had one additional surgery on my foot. The way I was told that that would be the only way to fix a pain in my foot and I'm doing this without having to go through that at this point. So I couldn't be more more grateful for Dwayne and the team for all that they do to help us as a running community be able to do the sport that we love, to be able to do it for the long haul and to be able to do it injury free. And so more than anything, I have just learned and benefited from having someone put a structure in place for me regarding strength training and runs that I need to be doing for this stage of recovery and healing and in my run journey than me trying to piece it together on my own. So couldn't be more grateful for Dwayne and the team and Coach Kat. And I'm not done working with her. I'm going to continue working with her within the longevity program. And we're going to see what's next. So um, I'm grateful because a coach is going to inspire you to do more than you think you can do on your own. And I just couldn't be more grateful for Dwayne and his team in giving me some tools and a change in mindset that I needed to be able to uh, to be able to run and to run well at this stage of my life. So thank you to them. Thank you for the team. And guys, I don't know where you are today, but I um, my hope is that you go out and you crush your workout no matter how big or how small it is and all the best to you in your running journeys. Thanks.
1: Thanks so much for listening. And if you found this content valuable, here's four ways I can help you grow as a runner for free. One, grab a free copy of my Spark Blueprint at programs.sparkyourtraining.com. Two, follow my Instagram page at sparkyourtraining. Three, join my free group by searching Healthy Runner in Facebook. Four, subscribe to my YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash sparkyourtraining. Five, Leave us a five star review so we can gain access to more influential runners and bring those lessons back to you here. Don't forget, hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or the follow button on Spotify so you don't miss the next episode of Healthy Runner to help you get stronger, faster, so you can enjoy lifelong injury free running. Lastly, if you are ready to invest in becoming a lifelong injury free runner and want one on one structure, accountability, and support, from our Healthy Runner coaching team. Check out the -the behind-the-scenes video tour of our coaching program and the stories from many of our athletes who are struggling with the same sticking points that you are right now. Just head to programs.sparkyourtraining.com forward slash coaching. Thank you again, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart that I appreciate you for listening. Now go and crush your run today.